Welcome to the Polyblock Fitness Podcast. My name is Jason Lindsay. My name is Kitty. Kitty Truax. <laughs> Kitty Truax. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome to the back. podcast, yes, Jason. Welcome back. This is not our first podcast. You feel like a pro? I'm a I'm a pro at this rodeo. Yeah. Don't you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you're doing wonderful. The, I think uh, you're pretty okay yourself, yeah, Jason. Yeah, that's that's about the perfect term, Mr. Miyagi. You're pretty okay too. I'm doing all these. Well, I know Dan knows some of these movies, but I forget that. I know Mr. Miyagi. How old are you? Wax on, wax off. <laughs> I just turned thirty-five. He does what? What? <laughs> wax on, wax off. Thirty. How old are you? Thirty-five. Okay, so there's thirteen years. Yeah. Between us. Yeah. Lucky 13, thirteen. Thirteen years. The but do you watch movies from the eighties? I do. I've seen Karate Kid. So. I'll tell you a story. So I'm out playing golf. Huh. <laughs> Surprise. For, for reals. And I'm, I've am i got my one of those portable speakers yeah, that everybody has nowadays. They're relatively inexpensive. I bring mine too. Yeah. And I have my iPhone and Pandora, and I'm playing Pearl Jam Radio. Okay. I graduated high school in 1991. Got it. Do the math on, on that early 90s, you know. Flannel era. Yeah. Yeah, Good yeah. I probably, I probably had some flannel. So I'm playing with a guy who's my age and, but I don't, he's a friend, but I like, I see him, we play golf, but I haven't like, he's not like a tight friend. He's a golf guy. He's a golf guy. And we're at about the ninth hole. We're halfway through the round and he looks at me and he goes, and I don't, we got there somehow, but he he didn't just do it out of the blue, but I don't remember what I said to let him go. He goes, I hate Pearl Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Halfway through the round? Yes. (laughs) He goes, I hate Pearl Jam. And he goes, I hate all grunge, all 90s. Hates, I, never, I, never, I hates all that. Hates all, but never, hates all that. Because they don't just play Pearl Jam. It's of course. Pearl, he they goes, play flannel. He goes, I love 80s pop. And so I put it on 80s pop Pandora. And that's all I listen to now. And Prince? Yeah, well, that'll, that'll come on. A Raspberry Beret sure. or, or Dove's Cry. So then a few day, a week later, we're doing a photo shoot for Power Block. And it's Five models that are all, I guess, would be called millennials, right? They're all under 30. They're probably 20. Some of them are 23, 24. And I do the, I bring the speaker and I play. 80s pop. 80s. Oh, they couldn't have been unhappier. Now, they didn't, you couldn't see it on their face right away. And I'm being a little dramatic. It wasn't like, I can imagine what they were thinking inside. And I even made the announcement, you guys are going to have to live with 80s. Because who doesn't love, I don't care how old you are. Well, they, guess what I had to eventually, by almost force, go to? Cardi B radio. Oh, Oh. Yeah, do you feel me? I it, do. I, uh, I feel you. It was it was it was horrible. I smell what you're stepping in, Jay. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> whereas with me, right? I was born in the '80s, but my mom was 17 when she had me. Your so mom, your mom's like my age. My mom was 17 when she had me, so very young. So I grew up listening to Prince and Billy, my idol, and Janet Jackson. Billy and if you would give me any genre to listen to over and over again until the yeah, end of my life, yeah. it would be '80s. It's you know. And I should be clear, it's not all I'm listening to now. I mean, but it on the golf course, it, I, I'm playing with him Saturday, the same guy. And starting no out, starting a hole one, I'll crack a Budweiser and we'll we'll crack Atta that. Boy. We'll, yeah, we'll crank that up. Uh, yeah. Crank up the 80s pop. The 80s pop. Every song's great. Yeah. I know every song. Take on me. That that comes on, that came on at least twice. Do you know twice. who sings that? Aha. Uh-huh. Aha uh-huh is right. We, I wouldn't lose a single. Do you know who sings Too Shy Shy? See, now I was going to. You should let me finish because I, I was like, I'd get every song right. No, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know Do who you that want is. to? Know who I that probably, is? I'll know when I hear it. Kaja Gugu. Did not know that. I'm a, I'm oh. a walking jukebox. <laughs> oh, hey, Dan got it. 
Dan, the producer. Atta boy. Wow, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Kaja Gugus. Okay, I don't know every 80s song. Well, I, okay. But I knew I knew everyone that played on that. Who sings? I'll stop the world and melt with you. Oh, you know what? I, I'll, okay. Uh, Do you got it, Dan? The, You've seen the difference. Oh, shoot. And there, was a, there was a time I knew it because I probably had the album. But I don't modern know. English. Yeah, modern English. Good, 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 good. Boom shakalaka. Okay, so I'm one for three. Are you going to give me one? Anyway, we can do this all day long, Donkey Kong. I, yeah, good times. Are you excited for our guest today? You don't always have to say yes. You could say, nah, I'm kind of lukewarm on this guy. I, I get excited when I deep dive on these, these yeah, peepsicles. Yeah, yeah. I really do. I, I look forward to meeting these personalities. And, and how could you be lukewarm live. on Sean Garner? He's a heck of a dude. He's He's motivation. You've heard him talk, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I watch tons of his videos, his reels, his TikToks. He's yeah. got a great family that he pulls into his videos, which is great to see his little daughters have, on there. Have not seen that. No. Yeah. I, very yeah. cool. And he's got some awesome advice. Awesome. So Sean, listeners, and we're going to get him on the phone here. He's probably on hold just waiting for us to, to click the button. Holla. He is, you know, he was a coach, trainer. I mean, he comes from that background. And before a that- firefighter. Well, yeah. Before that. Before the, he was a firefighter first. We'll ask him all these questions to get the real the real story, but he ends up now helping people. So I, helping people that own gyms. Yes. It's something I used to do, and I no longer do, and, but he's doing that now, and we're going to ask him questions about that. But I think that if you're listening and you don't want to own a gym, and that's probably most people listening, you know, I still think you can benefit from his advice. Cause Absolutely. Because it's, it's basically going from, you know, working for the man, to, you know, working for yourself working and loving for it. yourself and, and how he dream life stuff how he went down that path so and also virtual he's really good at the virtual platform not just in fitness but creating a virtual platform I'm looking forward to hearing that from him yeah word up let's get him on the phone shall word we word up who sings that I, I'm one for four now because I don't <laughs> know <laughs> and we've got him on the phone he did answer he's he didn't avoid us kitty I was a little nervous welcome Sean I was Don't nervous. nervous that, well, no, he's kind of a big deal. I thought he might say, oh, "Hell with these guys from Power Block." But Sean, thanks for answering. No, How you doing, I, buddy? I was, I was waiting. I was waiting. You know, by my phone, like the girl waiting for her <sighs> high school prom date to show up. I was like, "Oh my god, I hope they call." It's just powerful. That makes and me feel look, so giddy. Here, here, here you are. So it's uh, my my morning just got a lot better. So I hope yours does. Too. Dig it. Wow, that's a, ours did too, Sean. Thanks for being yes. here. It's 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 a wonderful day to talk to Sean Garner. That's right. Who hails from? Well, I think you're, I think you're standing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Where are you at right now? I'm in the big metropolis, yes, now of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's born and raised here, and then we spent about five years in Miami, not Miami, Oklahoma, but actually Miami, Florida, the, the beautiful one. And uh, we were there for about five years, and moved back here last summer due to COVID and everything. We had our third child. And it got really crazy living in downtown Miami with three kids. And so moved back to the motherland of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and here we are. Now, how far are you from the Tiger King? <laughs> you would, Jason. He's actually my neighbor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, the Tiger King would probably oh, be my. a two-hour drive southwest of here. So not not we're not quite neighbors, but I'm sure since he's from Oklahoma, Thankfully. we're some type of one. Cousin or something. I oh, love it. Now, Sean, you're a heck of a family man. You know, family oh, first, yeah. father first. You've got three kids, correct? Yeah, I'm an Hadley, old man. I turned Hadley, old. Aubrey, and what? Look at you guys. And your Corbin. son, Corbin. Oh my Corbin. God, you guys have done some research. I'm impressed with this. Yes. 
three amazing, amazing children, amazing, beautiful wife. I'm, I'm the old married guy, even though I'm not super old, but I feel old. I turned 35 last week. So did I. I. Are you a Taurus? I I have no idea. You are a Taurus, Sean. And then you shouldn't care. Uh, Okay, thank you. Cool. I I don't, I don't, I don't don't follow that stuff. But so (laughs) got the salt and pepper in the hair. Wife thinks it's cute, so that's good. But yeah, we, we've actually been married this summer. It'll be 16 years. We are high school. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Hadley, she's eight. We got Aubrey, she's six, and we've got my boy Corbin. Is he just turned one? The baby boy. Yay. Baby boy. Yeah. So. Got the whole crew over here. We have lots of fun, especially now. My my wife works from home. She's got her own telemedicine practice. I work from home with my consulting company. So, it, it was crazy having everybody here. You know, during the the homeschool era of COVID, but they're back to school. But now they're about out. But it's yeah, it's, it's crazy over here. It's like it's our own version of the Tiger King. Hmm. <laughs> here we do have nicer cages than what they did. But other than that, that's great fun. news. So. Sean, high school sweethearts in Tulsa, and after high school, what did you do? Did you go to college? I I attempted college. My Mm -hmm. wife actually finished. She got her master's. I I, uh, was not so much uh, an excellent student. So we actually went to school. I've done a lot of things in my day to take me to this path that we're on, but I actually went to school to be a youth pastor and uh, worked as a pastor. Yeah, I know. I've got quite the journey. I, That's I, where the charisma comes from. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I went to, went to school, went to a Bible college to be a youth pastor and actually worked as a minister for a couple of years. And my wife went there to study nursing and ended up graduating, transferring, going to the University of Oklahoma and then to the University of South Alabama to get her master's. And uh, I went to college for two years and then it was not my jam. So ended up going and transitioning through from working in, in churches and stuff to then working in restaurants to then becoming a firefighter to then becoming gym owner and lots of other side jobs in between that to then doing what I'm doing now and, you know, living in Tulsa, getting to talk to the people at Power Block on podcast. Living the dream. Awesome wow. Living the dream. Yes, let, you are. Let, let's go through that a little bit more step by step and see yeah. where it goes. As a former gym owner, I'm curious to, to you to tell me about that experience. When the years you did it, why you did it, and how long you owned, and what you learned. Yeah. So whenever I we, we started the gym, it would have been probably 11 years ago. Now we our first gym actually here in in a suburb of Tulsa called Owasso, which is where we actually live. And I started it. I was working as a firefighter, and as a firefighter you work only 10 days a month. It's an incredible job. I love it. I always said like, if I could not be my own boss again, like if for some reason I decided I couldn't or wouldn't or didn't want to be an entrepreneur, I would a hundred percent go back to being a firefighter. I loved it. And it was an incredible experience. So I'd been working as at the time as a firefighter for, for about five years. And so you work 24 hours on 48 hours off. So I had lots of free time. And uh, pretty much I was driving my wife crazy being at home so much. So she's like, you got to get a side job. You got to start something. So was really into fitness because growing up, I was not an athlete at all. I was the skinny skateboarder video game kid. And the very first time I actually really started training and getting into fitness was about three or four years before that, whenever I was training to be a firefighter. And so the, the program that I used to kind of start getting me into fitness and my first kind of exposure to like barbell training and stuff like that was CrossFit. So we ended up opening up a CrossFit gym. And it was the only reason I did it 
was because I wanted something to pay for itself so my firefighter buddies and I could have a free place to work out. That's it. That's the only reason I wanted the gym is like if this thing breaks even, cool. Didn't that it was going to at all be a job or a career. I just wanted it to be a hobby that didn't lose money. And uh, after doing it for about one year, it, it had done very well. And I was at the point to where I had to either leave the fire department and go full into to this gym owner thing, or I was going to have to hire a, a general manager because it was, it was growing very, very rapidly. So I talked to my wife about it and we decided to make the plunge into full-time, you know, gym owner entrepreneurship. And the day that it happened, being a firefighter, you have incredible benefits. The day that it happened, my, the last night on shift, we go out to celebrate. Hey, we're going to be gym owners. We're entrepreneurs and everything. That night, found out my wife was pregnant with our first child, Hadley. So we went from like, that was like the big thing that lit the fire under me because we go from being a firefighter where our total out-of-pocket cost for having a child was something stupid, like only $100. Now... I am self-employed and I need medical insurance for me, my wife, and now a baby coming on. And it's like $1,000 a month for self-employed health insurance, something crazy like that to have a baby. So heads down, went hard and just focused on the gym because it was my first time to actually work on it and treat it like a business. And thankfully, it just blew up. And after, after being full-time as a gym owner and not having to worry about the fire department for about six months, I was actually able to purchase a competitor CrossFit gym. So we own two of them and uh, just kind of kept growing it and, and doing cool stuff from there. Do, so you, do you still own CrossFit gyms? No. So to, to continue on on that journey, so then we ended up not make, I did not make some good husband, father, or business decisions. And this is what I mean. Mm. So I living and breathing the gym owner life. If you own one, I'm sure that you understand this too. So much. So gentlemen, listening to this podcast, if you're ever in this situation, do saying. not do this. But my wife had our first baby and about six hours later, I was back in the gym teaching class. Oof. So do not do that. That was, that was not, uh, it obviously it worked out because we've been married for uh, almost 16 years now, but not going to say that that didn't put a little damper on some things. So it was killing me, long story short. And so I was spending all my time there, missing out on time with my family. And we took our first kind of family trip and first experience just kind of for me to even spend time with my daughter after she was probably seven, eight months old, took a little trip to the Gulf and we were just sitting out there and we had been thinking about doing some other opportunities. Long story short, ended up just having this crazy idea. What if we sold the gyms? What, what would that look like? And we just kind of talked that out, came back. And one of my trainers that was working for me asked to franchise a gym underneath me. And I said, well, how about you just buy them all? And anyway, ended up selling both those CrossFit gyms to him, thinking that I was done with gym ownership. I still had a fitness company where we would do subcontracting strength conditioning work for like high schools that couldn't afford a full-time strength coach. We would come in and I had coaches that worked for me and we would do just individualized sports. Then I had a outdoor boot camp facility and I still kept that. And it was just kind of a hobby thing while I was just kind of as stay, I worked as a stay at home dad for about six months and then kind of ran that stuff on the side. Didn't like that at all. And so I was trying to find my next business venture and went complete opposite, we went from health and fitness to going in the process of opening up a Chick-fil-A restaurant. Whoa. And ended up, ended up going. So how I got connected Remix. with that is one of my, yeah, one of my clients owned three Chick-fil-A's here in, in the area. 
And so it kind of got me connected with the franchise process. So anyway, got really far into that franchise process. But one of the things that they said was they wanted to see me own a business that had a larger staff. Because my CrossFit gyms, I think at the most amount of staff that I had working for me at one time was like 12 trainers. And so they wanted to see me run a larger business. And so we're like, well, okay, that didn't work out. What are we going to do? Well, there's this strength coach that I really admired. His name was Mike Boyle. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's out in Boston, out on the East Coast. And he, I was reading his blog articles one day and I scrolled to the bottom of the page and it's like, check here for licensing opportunities. So I ended up looking on that and long story short, loved his training methodology. And I was like, okay, I know fitness. Let's go, let's start a bigger facility. And so we ended up uh, opening up this huge sports performance, functional training uh, facility. I went to a, the actual in the city of Tulsa instead of the suburb, had a bigger facility, better training modalities. I, I thought that this was a better training system than the CrossFit way. I thought everything was better, but I realized bigger is not always better. And I made some horrible business decisions, way overextended myself, took out way too much overhead and everything on the place. And financially, we had that place for probably about three years, but that place was a massive failure. We ended up just closing that one down. The other with the CrossFit we were able to sell and and make some money from. Uh, These we just had to end up closing down. And that's whenever we made the switch to moving to Miami. We're like, okay, let's just get out of town for a little bit, kind of reset everything. And that's when we moved to Miami. But even though the gym failed financially, a lot of cool opportunities came from it. So one was I got connected with a, the local minor league pro hockey team here. They're an NHL affiliate of the Winnipeg Jets, and I got to be their strength conditioning coach for a season. So that was cool to get to work in in pro sports. And then the other big thing, which kind of led to kind of honestly catapulting a lot of the stuff that I did online, is I got connected with Men's Health Magazine. They had this show called Next Top Trainer, and I was on the second season of that. And it's kind of like American Idol, but for personal trainers. And so when it ended up going on that and coming in second place, and so even though I didn't win the show, I still, I'm a connector. So, so we ended up getting connected with, with all the staff, the editors and, and writers and everything from that. And at the time it was BJ Bigador was their fitness director there. So got connected with him and started doing some writing for them, wrote a couple of like articles for their website, then started doing social content. And that laid the foundation for helping me to grow my own personal online brand whenever we did move to Miami um, after we closed down that gym. Why Miami? If you could move anywhere in the world, yeah. (laughs) Why not Miami? No, we so we looked at a few places, and so my wife has her own medical practice, and she was working at that even here. I mean, she specializes in in hormone replacement therapy and thyroid dysfunction. That's really big in South Florida. Plus, fitness is really big in South Florida. So we thought if we had any place to where we could both go and kind of reset and be successful, South Florida was it. And so I ended up getting connected and applying to a, whenever I was at a shoot for men's health, I was telling them that, yeah, we're thinking about moving out of Oklahoma. One of the places they told me about was this gym called Anatomy in Miami. It's this like high-end luxury boutique fitness facility. At the time, they only had one facility and they told me about that. So I ended up applying there and getting hired on there as a trainer. And so that was just a good opportunity for me to, to work with a smaller boutique high-end facility. And whenever I went there, I told them, like, I, I don't want to come and work with you guys as a trainer forever. I, I want opportunities for growth. So whenever we moved to Miami, ended up working for them for probably about three or four years and started out as a personal trainer, then ended up becoming a general manager for them and opening up their second facility, which ended up being kind of one of their flagship locations and, and did very well there. But yeah, Miami, it, it, if you haven't been, 
once you go, I mean, why not Miami? I saw you on the balcony in Miami in your feed. And speaking of feed, how would someone find you, Sean? Where do you want them to go? Website, email? What's your Instagram handle? The easiest thing is is go to my website. Uh, So now what I do is, is I don't actually train general population now actually train trainers to grow market and scale their online fitness business. They want to create an online training platform. They want to grow their personal online brand. And it's my website, entrefitcoaching.com. It's E-N-T-R-E-F-I-T coaching.com, entrefitcoaching.com. There you can get connected with me on my social handles. It's at Sean Garner on Instagram or where I honestly spend the most time lately is on YouTube. So it's just youtube.com slash Sean Garner. But yeah, get connected with me on there. I'm I'm not DMs honestly work the best because I love having real conversations with people. Sean, when I when we spoke a few weeks ago to set this up, two things. Number one, I didn't know you and Eb had a connection. Yeah. So it wasn't mine. You know, I, I'm I'm glad it worked out. It's awesome. But it wasn't uh, it wasn't like hey, I want to do men's health heavy stuff here. But that's just kind of <laughs> nice little bonus. We you told me because I had I hadn't done enough dive into you at the time, and I thought you were still a trainer. And you'd say, well, no, I'm actually a fitness business consultant, a term I'm familiar with. I, I, was, I did that for 10 years myself in a different way than you're doing it. But I said, well, I still like to have you on. And our listeners are, you know, the podcast here, if you don't know, it's intended to help listeners, inspire listeners, motivate listeners. A lot of it is we do have a lot of fitness professionals like Eb on who are talking about, you know, how they train people and things like that. But in your case, I thought there's probably going to be a lot of interest for people that they don't want to work for the man anymore. Mm-hmm. And they want to do their own thing, and they might not even have a passion right now or, or an idea. But I'm bet, I'm guessing a lot of listeners might have an idea of what they want to do. They just haven't taken the plunge, or whatever. Can you go down that path, giving advice best you can to people listening who are like, "Man, this guy's living his dream. Firefighter sounds awesome, but you still have a job, and now he's living on life on his own terms," as my friend Tom Plummer would say. Yes. Oh, I love Tom Thomas. So one thing that I'll say, which that's an incredible question, and this might be too honest of an answer, but I had somebody just ask me this yesterday, actually. And my response was, it's awesome that you have a good idea, but there's probably a pretty good chance. And even though this is my job to help people do this, most people should not be entrepreneurs because <laughs> I think that most people shouldn't be entrepreneurs and there's a few things why is we live in a society now especially with like the instagram like world like it seems like everybody's a freaking ceo of something and they like the title of Mm -hmm. saying they're an entrepreneur but they don't actually want to do the work the sacrifice and the the push that all the very successful entrepreneurs that I know have done. What I related it to is, you know, like whenever you're in high school and, and maybe your parents give you a car, they, they pay for the car payment, they pay for the car maintenance, they may even pay for insurance and gas and all that stuff, but you still tell all your friends, oh, that's my car. That's what most people want Great right now. They're an entrepreneur. They, they want to be able to put entrepreneur or CEO of something in their Instagram bio, but they don't want to do the work that it takes to be an entrepreneur. Because I will tell you guys, at least for what I do for helping trainers with, with building online fitness businesses. And, and honestly, it, it probably applies to 99% of other businesses. Mm-hmm. The system itself and the process is very, very simple. 
if you guys want to know what it takes to be successful in anything, the process itself is pretty simple unless you get into some, you know, crazy, very intricate technical job or something like that. The process for success is simple and kind of ultimately just shows up with being consistent every day and showing up. What is not simple is the work. The process is simple, but the work is difficult. And most people, they, they want the opposite or they'll make excuses for themselves with the opposite. They'll tell themselves, oh, it's, it's got to be super confusing or, or difficult in order to make your business work. But they think that once they figure out like this magic trick, secret hack, that then everything else, the work part is supposed to be simple. But that's not the case. It's the exact opposite of that. The process is simple. Think about it even just with the listeners that are trying to lose weight, body transformation and stuff like that. Guys, if you want to have a cover model body transformation, the process is very, very simple. Eat less, move more. Like, yes, we can get a lot more detailed with, with the science, uh, counting your macros, exactly what training split you should do. But at the end of the day, it kind of boils down to those two things. What is difficult and not easy is showing up to the gym five to six days a week, mm-hmm. to prepping your meals, to staying committed to doing it, to where when your friends want to go out and have dessert and drinks on the weekend, that you're staying committed and disciplined and focused on your thing. That is what's difficult. It's not the actual process around it. It's the putting in the work and being consistent and disciplined with it. The same thing with your business. Everybody's got these great ideas, but very few people want to put in the work to be consistent. So I told you, I as a preacher background, I started to preach. I feel right called there. out right now. How many yeah. people feel called out you know, right now? <laughs> it, it's wonderful advice, and it, it hits home with me. I did, this, I did this for 10 years, and I, this, this podcast not, is not about me, but I'm going to piggyback on this, Sean, if you don't mind. And I knew, I knew, I read books, Brendan Burchard and the like early on mm-hmm. when, I, when I started. So I had some good foundation, and I knew myself. And I, we gravitate towards doing what we want to do, not what we need to do most of the time. And so the only thing that worked for me is I'll use a Tony Robbins phrase. I burned my boats. I put myself in a position where I didn't have an effing choice. And that's, and that, and I'm not giving that as advice to people because that's, that's going to be, you know, that's a hard thing to do. I won't go into detail on how I did it, but I knew that I, I would have to be in a position where I had to do the things because they're boring and they're rote and they're hard and there's rejection and rejection and rejection. But I taught a simple process, just probably like like you said. So that hits home. I I really appreciate you, you going down that path. I hear both yeah, of you no, just absolutely. oh I I just hear the space of show up, keep showing up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes: When you don't quit, you win. Yes. Like if you just show up every day, that's how you'll ultimately win. Because most people don't want to put in the time that it takes. We live in a world where I can put something out on Instagram and I instantly get likes and feedback. It's not like that with business. I don't instantly start a business and then the next month I'm a six-figure trainer or I'm a seven-figure uh, online entrepreneur. Like It doesn't work that way. But we've got this feedback loop established for ourselves to where we're so used to this instant gratification mm. to where as soon as we we expect an immediate result. Same thing applies with our fitness. Like, oh man, I showed up to the gym every day this week and you know I didn't lose those 30 pounds I need to lose. Like, no, it takes consistent action and, and being disciplined with it. And one of the things that you have to have if you want to be able to stick with it is you have to have a why or a purpose that's greater than self because you're, you're okay with disappointing and letting yourself down. But if you have a why, a mission, a purpose, a calling that's bigger than just yourself, it's bigger than just making a little bit extra money, that's what will hold you accountable during the suck or during the what I call a lot of times the un-Instagrammable moments. It's not sexy, guys, that I wake up at 5 a.m. on Saturday mornings to work on spreadsheets for two hours mm-hmm. to track the numbers of business. Mm-hmm. I'm not snapping selfies at that, but that's the things that has to be 
done in order for me to reach the goals and be successful with what I'm currently doing. So whatever your thing is, you have to have your why, your purpose, your passion, your calling. So you stick through the mundane in order to get you to where your ultimate goal is. Yeah, hundred percent. So if, and we probably do have some listeners, I would guess who are considering being online personal trainers. Well, two questions. Number one, how much has that grown in the last That's couple the of years? That's question I had. Yep. Yeah, sorry to steal how is your it, question. Yeah, thanks, Jake. <laughs> Saturated well, market. Yeah, so yes and no. It, it Obviously, like, as bad as it sounds, like, it was great for consulting last year because everybody had no option but to go online. So, so it was great to be able to help people get that set up. I think people... It's very similar to in-person training, right? There's a lot of people that even say they are a personal trainer, but there's very few or very, yeah, there's very few people I think that are of substance or of quality, especially like I I lived in Miami for five years. It seemed like everybody there was a fitness professional or or a personal trainer and a real estate agent and like a wannabe model at the same time. (laughs) But there's very few that were doing like fitness full time as a career, like the true real fitness professional. Those are the people I'm I'm called to serve. You know, the people like the, the Mike Boyles, the Steve Nashes, the Eric like the the Brett Contreras, like the people that you know are our industry leaders, Ebs, stuff like that. Like that's who I, I'm called to help and serve to help them get everything online because I feel like there is a lot of people that say they're online are these fitness influencers, right? They they look mm-hmm. good themselves, got themselves in shape, but it doesn't mean they are actually true fitness professionals and they can get other people in shape because there's a big difference between being fit yourself and being a good coach. And then also the third one of being a good business owner, because I know you kind of need to be successful. You need to have all the three. You need to look the part, like you're the product of the product. You need to know what you're doing to get results for other people. And you need to have the business foundations and skills to be truly successful, to be sustainable because in fitness, it is a very transitional career for most people. Most people do it for two or three years. It's kind of like being a waiter at a restaurant whenever you're in college or something like, oh yeah, I did a personal training for a little bit until I got my you know, quote unquote real job. So my job and my goal is to make it to where it's sustainable for people. One of the easiest ways I have found to do that is by helping them create other sources of revenue or even their full-time revenue to make it to where it is online so they have more time and financial freedom because they're not confined to a local market whenever you're online. This applies to any business, right? I'm from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Like I thought I was crushing it back in the day. If I was able to charge $60 for a personal training session, then I moved to Miami and there people are charging 150 to $250 an hour for a personal training session. Like that's insane. And so whenever you're online, your, your value and your is not determined by your local market. I can market and sell to anybody in the world. So you don't have that local price point that you're confined to, but that being said, you're also competing against the global market. So you have to be able to be able to stand out online. And how you do that is by determining a niche and being awesome at one thing. Well, you know, Sean, earlier in the episode, you said that the CrossFit gym was a hobby that didn't lose money. Like that's the way you created the CrossFit yeah. gym. I would love to know for anyone that maybe has a hobby that makes them money that wants to turn it into a legitimate business. What kind of advice would you give them? Where would you start with turning a hobby into a business? Yeah, that's a good question because to go back on what I said, I don't believe everybody should have, should be an entrepreneur, but I should say full-time entrepreneur, but I do believe everybody should have some type of lack of a better term, side hustle, side gig project. Mm -hmm. Like 
hobby that pays passion for them. I, I call it your six day project. I don't believe people should work five days a week. In my opinion, sorry, listeners, I think that's lazy. I think you should have some type of six day project. Maybe you got your Monday through Friday. That's your, your quote unquote real job, but you got something that you do on the weekends for a couple hours. And that's, that's your passion thing. It, it's something that you could turn into your side hustle that eventually becomes your main thing. If you, if you have that and you're like, man, you know, I, I've been doing this side gig for a while and I really like to see what I could do. A, a few things that I would share, and, and this is kind of honestly the three-step framework that I teach the fitness professionals, and it applies to any business. I, I've done this with my wife's medical practice. I've done this with actually an online legal practice. The system is the same. First thing is, is if you've got your side hustle, and you want to be successful, especially in the online world, you want to build a community around that thing. So maybe your thing is, you know, some type of a cooking show that you do. Maybe you, maybe you're selling power block dumbbells on the side out of your trunk illegally. I don't know. Whatever your, whatever your. Whoa! Gig is. Whoa! <laughs> he went there. Whatever that is, you want to build a community. <laughs> now. And, and how you build the community is with your content. So you want to make sure that you're creating content online that attracts and adds value to the people that you're called to serve. With your community, you need to, like I said earlier, you need to identify that niche, that target market, that dream client. I say, I call it the person you're called to serve. I very firmly believe there are some people in this world you're called to serve and others not so much. So you need to identify that person. And then once you've identified them, you attract them into your world with content that adds value and speaks to them. Then after you've done that and you've got this community, the second step is you, you create an awesome offer for them. So what's your no-brainer, irresistible, awesome offer that solves a problem that this community has? You've got this side business, side hustle. You've gathered these people around that you feel called to serve. Once you have those people there, well, well then you put an offer in that solves one of their biggest problems and, and is equivalent to the amount of trust that you've built with them. So the longer they've been in your world, the, the more value you've added to them, the higher the price or the higher the, you know, the perceived value of the project or, or thing, uh, product you can sell to them. Then after you've created this awesome offer for them, the last thing and the third thing is you got to create systems around the whole thing to scale. So automation systems for like, how do you do track your marketing? How do you do sales? How do you do client fulfillment, client onboarding, all that stuff. If you're shipping a physical product, all the logistics and everything with that, and you build all that stuff out around it. So it's community offer and systems. Most people do those things, but they do them in the wrong order. And that's why they're so frustrated. They spend all their time on their systems, which is like they try and figure out their email marketing, their website and all that. Then they figure out what the second thing is, their, their offer, their product that they're going to sell. And then they go, well, where's everybody at? Where's my community? I don't have any clients. The reason is because they focus in, they did the right things, but in the wrong order. If you focus on your community first, then you know exactly what you need to create or thing to sell. And then you know what systems you need to spend the time building out to serve those people that fulfills that order. So that's what yeah. I, that's how I would kind of yeah. direct Boom everybody. shakalaka. No, it's great. It's, I, I was furiously it, writing. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's three things. <laughs> it's three things and, and it's, they're simple and they're real and, and it's, it's great advice. And, I'm like, I'm thinking back to, you know, I'm like, I did, I actually did really good at the first one, just not good at the other two or three, but it, that's the only reason I succeeded for 10 years is because I built a community. So you're, you're right. 100%. Sean, one you last, just said, what's that? Key phrase. It is simple. Yeah. The process yeah. is simple. Like I said earlier, the work to do those things consistently is what is difficult. Well, the, the, and the hardest, the hardest work is number one, I think. I mean, it's what I did because I knew you had to, but you've got to build a community. That's easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And in, like, in, in, my case, in my case, I wrote two blog posts a week for years. I didn't want to do it. I mean, writing two blog posts, just as one thing, right? So that, yeah. writing two blog posts every week, it's, oh, I'll do that. How many times have you went to somebody's blog? And the last one was six months ago. 
You know what I mean? They just yep. they just they lose the consistency. So I don't mean to to, to shift real quick, but I, but we we are running a little bit uh, out of time here. Power block. Your what's your favorite thing about power block? Oh, <laughs> well, let, let's. I guess we should talk about that. I love it. So, you know what I honestly love about power block is the people. The re- there's. I mean, if we're just being very honest, the community. There other, yeah, there's other adjustable dumbbells out in the world, but there is not power block people. You guys have an incredible staff. Every every staff interaction that I have had at, at the corporate level has been incredible. I have not. I've worked with a lot of companies. I have not found a better corporate staff to work with that I enjoy working with more than PowerBlock. So that's my favorite. That's my you know fifty second yeah, skill there. I, I actually wanted to ask uh, just when I saw your PowerBlock videos on the balcony of Miami. I just wanted to bring up yeah. how you have your daughters doing the video for you. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to bring that up a little bit because it sounds like the whole family's in it with you. We 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 are. First of all, I will say I do miss that view. It does not look quite <laughs> the same out windows. Uh, we have a beautiful home, but does not. There's no ocean view in landlocked Oklahoma. Yeah, we're uh, very much. One of the the things that I, I love about our family is because my wife's an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. We're instilling that into our kids. So like. There are, our daughters are always thinking about little business ideas they had. Like last week, they set up, it was the cutest thing in the world, like this little bracelet making business out in the driveway. We live in this golf cart community and people are driving by on their golf carts. They were selling them these handmade bracelets and everything. So I love that. But yeah, they, they have been in the gym entrepreneur life since birth, holding the phone for daddy while he makes his goofy videos. They started their own little YouTube channel, which is really cute little like kid vlogs and stuff. So that's one of I, I like when you see things like that. That's kind of like some of the proud parent moments. Sometimes you're like, yes, they like to get it. That's so precious. But yeah, they love. We're we're a whole family of entrepreneurs. Here. I was gonna say it sounds like entrepreneurship is in your genes. Yeah, Sean, we appreciate your time. We, uh, it means a lot to us, and that was a lot. That was fun. That was good. That that went that went longer than normal, but we could keep going. Worth I, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. I like to do this. Can we get you on again in a few months for us? Absolutely. For, uh, for round two. Yes. Honored. I would love it. I, I, I love any opportunity to connect with people. I think this is an awesome conversation. We'll get another cup of coffee going. And hopefully, how about this? I'll absolutely come on if it adds value to other people. I don't want to come on and talk uh, about myself. Yeah, yeah. No, we can, definitely. We can share some things that add value to other people. I would be honored. So no, it, yeah, absolutely. I've we, got tons more questions for you, brother. So Yeah, we've got more. We've got more. I'm so glad you didn't do the Chick-fil-A. Great product, but, you know, not open on Sundays. <laughs> That's right. And if you don't quit, you win. Yeah, right. On. That's right. You don't quit, you win. Boom. All right. Thanks, Sean. Thank Appreciate you, Sean. It. See you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have an awesome day. So, Sean Garner, I had to get the Chick-fil-A rip in there. That's fun. That, that, Sean Garner, awesome dude. Good I advice. Really, I really enjoyed his energy. I thought he was just a ball of fire. Yeah. A ball of firefighter. To be a, a horrible ball. joke. <laughs> horrible joke. I've told worse. I, uh, yes, on, you on have. Air. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely have. No, but I really enjoyed, you know, he is living the dream. He has time freedom, he has financial freedom, and he's creating space for not just his family to have that, but other people who are willing to do the work yeah. and to show up with yeah. consistency. But, you know, if you don't quit, you win. I think that's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it's yeah. difficult. I, I am glad that he said, and we'll finish on this note, and we, a little bit longer than normal, hopefully you're still listening, is that he is right, and I'm glad a guy as positive as him. I used to say a similar thing, but in a different way because not quite Sean Garner's personality. But yeah, don't be an entrepreneur if you're lazy. That, I mean, that's what he wanted to say. And late, there's nothing. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with being lazy. And I think maybe that's an unfair term because if you don't want to work 
if you want to work five days a week, eight to five, that, you don't have to apologize for that. And you're not necessarily lazy. I'm just using that term. You get my point, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do the work. I mean, I used to look forward to Saturdays. I wrote scripts all day and did videos in the evening. My video guy came at five. I didn't pay him. I couldn't afford to pay him. I, I bought him a couple of beers. You know, so you lean on your friends. You know, he leans on his family the to community. help. community. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the things you do, but you have to kind of go kind of cap in hand to Jason Buer and say, do you mind doing videos for me? Like those things that you got to do that that I, I love doing. But anyway, he's, uh, I think he'll be doing this for a long time because he's definitely the personality to do that kind of job. So. Oh, his his charisma is, it just yeah. was seeping through yeah. this microphone. I'm really glad that we got him. On, on the line. Speaking of, if you do like this podcast, you can share, you can support, you, you can subscribe, you can tell your friends all about it, and share us with your community. Please do it. We appreciate the support. Thanks for having me, Kitty. See you next week. We'll catch you next time.